everyone. Welcome to Pigskin Pandemic featuring Kevin, Matt, and Ben. Just three of your everyday guys just giving their opinions on all the latest and upcoming NFL news. Things may get a little steamy or a little wild, but hey, it'll always be unscripted and real. Let's listen in and see what they have to say this week. Welcome to the Pigskin Pandemic. I'm your host, Kevin, and I got Matt and Ben returning uh, with us again. We're going to get right into our picks from last week. We're going to look at some of these games, um, and we're going to see exactly how we did. We're also going to look at um, the games for for next week, for week number 12, and we're also going to... We're going to now put our hat in. We're going to put our name in the hat, whatever you want to call it. And we're going to um, uh, provide our predictions for who's going to win each division. Um, now that we're coming around the last quarter of the season, we'll start with a Thursday night game. Seattle and Arizona. Arizona took that L on Thursday night. Seahawks pulled out a 28-21 victory. I think that we all picked the Cardinals to win, and we definitely lost on that one. We all had that one wrong. We definitely uh, got that know, one wrong. I think that game really came down to Kyler Murray was not healthy. You know, he got hurt early in that game. And uh, even though they said he wasn't hurt, it was just, you know, dinged up and whatever. Just watching the eyeball test, you could see that ball was not coming out of his hands clean like it normally was. Just didn't have the same kind of velocity, didn't have the same range of motion like he usually does. He was not playing at the same level. So Seattle just uh, managed to, you know, really dominate that game. Was not supposed to score. Plus, Russ didn't make any of those, like, classic Russ mistakes he's been making there. At a critical moment, three. he's just, you know, throwing it into the arms of a defensive yeah. back. Yeah, he played pretty good football, I would say. I mean, uh, yeah, and that maybe that's maybe that's what he needs. Uh, I mean, I, I'd like to say that I feel like he's out of the MVP uh, conversation right now, but I feel like there's so much room, uh, there's so much wiggle room in there that he has another, you know, four games, five games where he's got a solid, solid showing. Um you know, especially towards the end of the season, they start to heat up. I could absolutely see him uh, coming right back into the conversation. All right, we move to, well, we all picked this one. This was a no-brainer. The Steelers, who just, I mean, they just beat up the Jaguars 27-3. to um, It's just one of those things where they just ran, I mean, Jacksonville just ran into the buzzsaw called the Pittsburgh Steelers. They stay undefeated. Sorry, Ben, you can't uh, pop that champagne just yet. I'm sweating. I'm sweating. <laughs> we move to the we <laughs> move to the next game. Now I lone wolf this game, so I have to take it on the chin. The Panthers shut the Lions out twenty to zero. What was the difference? I'll tell you what the difference was in that game, and I'm I'm not hundred percent sure what the reason of it was, but it was two two different halves. First half, P.J. Walker looked terrible. He looked like an XFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. He looked like the game was too big, and 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 not that Detroit has any kind of you know wonderful defense or anything, but he just he he just did not look comfortable. They just were not getting it done. And then at halftime, he came out and I he he was like seven for seven or twelve for twelve or something like that, like right 
you know, at the start of the half, he was putting up great numbers. And I don't know if it was just, you know, the adjustments that better coaching made on Carolina's side to put him in better positions, or it was just the usual Detroit meltdown, find a way to lose. Um, He's probably in the locker room blowing lines of riddle. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, if I'm Matt Patricia, if if I'm if I'm the front office of Detroit, let's put it that way. How am I looking at Matt Patricia after this? I mean, I've thought, I thought I mean, it's Detroit for a while, but yeah, but it's Detroit though. I mean, you have to think, right? Like, even if you see any kind of upswing in any in any regard, which their offense is playing, you know, better. Uh, I don't. I don't think they're gonna. This, they're going to break away from Matt Patricia uh, for two reasons. One, like for whom, like whom, who, whom are they going to replace him with? Like who's out there that they're going to find to turn that pile of crap into less of a pile of crap? I mean, honestly, like, what just... I would do if I was them is I'd go get the offensive coordinator from Kansas City, the enemy, bring him in, let him build around a strong running game, see what you can build. Is he a magician though, Ben? Is he a fucking magician? Because they need a magician. There's not going to be any coach that just comes in there and like doesn't come in and have a losing season you're gonna you're telling me right now they bring in the enemy and you really believe that they're gonna be a well, 500 my team is it time to move on from matt stat patford i mean probably he's getting up there in years but i mean he's he's he'll still because if i'm a new if if i'm a new coach elsewhere. do i just want to start fresh and get that you know get a nice quarterback in the draft i mean these quarterbacks that coming out of the out of these drafts are um they're they're they they could be franchise quarterbacks for the next 10 years and if you don't pick one and you end up with stat padford on the back end of his career and you don't you can't find that guy now you're stuck for the next 10 years on top of that well, I think they make a ton of sense to be a team that goes out and gets a, a very highly ranked rookie quarterback, whether that's, you know, middle of the first, end of the first, top of the second, you know, somewhere in that variety. They don't necessarily need to get a top five guy and then use Matt Stafford as your bridge and, you know, yeah. let, let him let him close it out. I don't think he's going to go anywhere else. You know, I don't. Which honestly was kind of like the plan, and and for the Chargers, and then Philip Rivers said, "No, I can still play," um, and and Indy said, "We'll give you a shot." So you know, I could see something similar like that happening there. But I think that's ultimately the plan: is let's let's let this guy finish it out, retire as a lion, you know, do right by him, quote unquote, and and set ourselves up for the future. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he'll go along with that. But uh, that, that to me, is the, the thing that makes the most sense. And why you would do that under Patricia, I don't know. To me, it makes a lot more sense to cut bait and, and go after, you know, maybe you're right. The enemy might not be, you know, a miracle worker, but I'd feel a lot better about pushing forward with what he can build for the future after seeing, you know, what the Andy Reid tree, you know, is producing. Yeah, but, but what would be the most Lions thing in the world to do would be if they went and hired Harbaugh as their head coach. I'm. Go, you know go what? From, you think he's you know from Big Blue to Detroit? Like you know that'd be what? so wrong to do to Michigan I'm fan. But, but you, and, and you know what? I need to move, but I, I'm glad you said that because Harbaugh is showing all the same signs he did when he was in San Francisco when he was ready to go. 
And True. yes, Michigan has signed him to basically a lifetime deal and he can stay as long as he wants to, but he is the same type of talk that he had in San Francisco when he knew he was going back to college. He's having right now. And I don't know if Harbaugh could make it without the coaching staff that he had in San Francisco because that's all he had. I agree. Greg, I'm just saying as, as like what would be the most Detroit thing to just, just twist the knife for Detroit Lion fan, you know, would, would be that. But at the same time, you know, if 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 the other Harbaugh thinks that Greg Roman's style is is too predictable for, for Baltimore, he, he'd be quick to move on from him because Lamar Jackson's – his slide isn't just because, oh, he's just not good. No, his slide is because the offense has become predictable and, you know, the, the teams have caught up to him. So now they need a change. And Greg Roman doesn't know anything outside of what he's doing right now. He's not Andy Reid. Andy Reid can change on the fly. He can change with the quarterbacks. He can he can do those changes. But Greg Roman might not be able to. So I yeah. could could I see him in Detroit with a Greg Roman? Yeah, I could. I could. But I know he's trying to get back to the NFL anyway. So we're gonna go forward. We're gonna go forward. That's some, that's that's maybe for another show or later on in the show. Yep. The next game up is it, it was it broke my heart. It did. It broke my heart. We lost on this one. Well, I didn't. We, me and Matt lost on this one. Uh, Houston came in and beat the Patriots. The Texans beat the Patriots 27 to 20. Um, Told you I just had a feeling. And for the second straight game, well, this is like a common thing. And the common thing is that Cam Newton can't win on the game winning drive in the fourth quarter. You give him the ball, you do what you need to do. And unfortunately, unfortunately for Cam, he has been put in a position where he has to win the football game in the fourth quarter, a la Tom Brady, because the defense couldn't stop Deshaun Watson from his game-winning drive, because that was the game-winning drive, to put him up 27-20. to 20. Yeah, and, that's, I'm sorry. You know, when you look at Cam's stats, which is 26-40 for 365 in the touchdown, he actually looked – decent from a passing standpoint it it looks like he is grasping the offense now it's a little late but i mean whatever I, you know is he going to have any more games like this he might um he does have some players that he's kind of trusting like Darius Bird with six receptions 432 yards and a touchdown and you know they they're kind of they're kind of keen in on Jacoby Myers. He only had three receptions for 38 yards. Um, and we lost Burkhead for the year. So now Burkhead. we're Burkhead's gone for the year. Um, I think he had a I thought it was his arm because of the way he fell. I thought he broke his arm, but it's his knee. And um, yeah, he tweeted out that, you know, he's done for 2020. He'll be back in 2021. I don't think that he'll be back for 2021 with the Patriots, but um, he'll be back somewhere. And um, so it'll just be Sony Michelle, Damian Harris, James White, and the rookie, the undrafted rookie. 
Um, and they d- and well, that's the problem where you got to lean on. Well, it. And, my and problem, the my problem was the they brought him off. My problem with the they game, the IR spot, but they didn't play him. Yeah, because it was just my problem was okay. You 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 say okay, Sony, you know, we'll give you another week to come to 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 get a little bit healthier. We got Damian Harrison here who's going to run the ball, but you only give him eleven carries. And for a guy who's as dynamic as Deshaun Watson, one of the things that we can do is we can run the ball. You keep Deshaun Watson on the on the sidelines. You don't want to get into a passing track meet with Deshaun. I mean, Deshaun put up his own good numbers. Uh-uh. He was twenty eight of thirty seven for three forty four and two touchdowns. And it's worth noting for for that too. That was really impressive because in the middle of either the second quarter or the third quarter. By the third quarter, I know they were both out. I'm not sure when they both went out, but both Kenny Stills and yes. um, the other wide receiver I forgot Cobb. Um, both got hurt yep. in the game and, and could not play. And like I said, I know one of them was in the second, and then by the third they were both out. I don't know if they both went out in the second or not. Uh, but I, I, I remarked it to you, you know, via text when we were watching the game. Um, and and you know, he he managed to make something happen in that game and managed to to move the ball in spite of not having the weapons that which are not you know anything special as far as weapons go anyway. Um, so that, that was, it was a good Deshaun Watson reminder. Hey, this guy actually is a real quarterback. It's just a shame. He has absolutely dick all around him. Well, my problem, uh, my, my biggest problem was that we got our starting cornerback back and you move JC Jackson over to the number two receiver, which JC Jackson's a, uh, he's a pro bowler at this point. And you figure, okay, so you got the reigning defensive player of the year on your number one receiver, and then you have J.C. Jackson on the other side, you have your book in corners, so what happened? They were getting torched. Uh, I don't think either guy is really that much of a bookend corner is what it is. They were getting torched. I mean, Brandon Cooks had four receptions for 85 yards. Atkins yeah. had five receptions for 83 yards. Fuller had six receptions for 80 yards. So every time I turned around, you know, he was his third down conversions, he was moving the ball up and down the field, and it's just – I feel like a lot is, and you know, I, 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 I ring, I, I put came through the ringer. I really do, but it's, it's a lot for him to every, every single game in the fourth quarter, two minutes to go. You have to go out there and you have to win football games because the defense just isn't doing what it's supposed to be doing. So well, and, and to the point that you said about yeah, Damian Harris, uh, I, I, I would like to have you go back and listen to a show. I think it was two shows ago. I said, I'm not saying you're wrong that that's what they should do. I said it's what they won't do because it's not their, it's not the way they run the show in New England. And you said, no, no, no. Belichick likes his bruising running backs and this, that, and the other. I told you he's not going to get all the carries. He's not. He's not special enough. He's not dynamic enough. And and he's this is not the way they run the show in New England. Well, now if, they, if as these injuries pile up, he might get more and more. But you know, you, like you said, he he did not get the the bulk of the carries in that game, in spite of the fact that that's what the smart money said to do. See, and he got the carries. He got the carries against Baltimore because they wanted to keep Lamar Jackson off the off the field. And you and you. You know, he was successful doing that. 
And then you figure, okay, and I know it goes week to week sometimes, you know, just to throw the game plan off so that you don't key in on certain people, you know, week to week. You know, uh, we ran Damian Harris last week, but we can't run him this week because now they're going to key in on them. We got to do something else. Now it's time for Cam to kind of throw the ball a little more. I get that. But when it came down to – because they ran him hard in the first quarter. The bulk of his carries came pretty much in the first quarter, and I went, okay, cool. Now they're really going to run him, and they just went away from it. And, and it's – and it's not a bad thing. It really isn't a bad thing. I do think that, you know, in certain games going forward, he will be that bell cow back. And I get what you're saying, Ben. I get what you're saying, too, where it's not going to be every game. I'm not, I'm not expecting that. I wish it was because he can go every, every, every game with 18 to 22 carries a game. But in this game in particular, when you have a dynamic quarterback, Kyle Murray's coming up next uh, or soon, you want to keep those guys off the field, that run game is what you put hung your hat on all year. We're not top five in rushing for nothing. So, you know, it was just it was just a hard that was that that loss kind of was that was the one where you go, oh man, it they just had the momentum. And it took the L. That, that was one of my two lone wolves, and I, I, I got them both. Just imagine if uh, every time you heard the words Cam Newton and Clutch, it had to do with football oh, and not the handbag. <laughs> We're moving. So this game, I lone wolf this game again. Um, this is the Tennessee Titans versus the Ravens. And the Titans pulled out the 30-24 to victory over the Baltimore Ravens. And my question to you guys really quick is, is it Lamar or is it that defense? Yes. To both? Yeah, I think it's both. I think, I think Lamar is, you know, the league is catching up a little bit. I think that, you know, that the, the, he's not as quite as explosive and dynamic as he was last year because of that. Yeah. And I think the defense has shown some holes at different times this season. They're just not the same kind of dominating defense. And like we talked about last week as well, I think a big part of that is also is the the thing that made that offense go last year wasn't Lamar Jackson. It was the running game. And the running game then produced the ability for Lamar Jackson. And that's what allowed for, you know, Lamar Jackson to be able to, to be as dynamic as he was. Um, and, and that running game just hasn't been there in the same way. And, and, you know, it's, we talked about it last week is, is Ingram just has not been a special running back. Two carries, two yards, two whole carries. Yeah. Now, granted, yeah, now, now, he's now out this week. And, now you right. Him and JK's out. Yep. Because they both caught COVID. It's all, it's all Justice Hill. Um, Mark Ingram is on his way out. With that, the writing is on the wall. You got to get younger, and you know they do. They do a good job of turning over the older talent when it's just a year or two away. They do it a year or two early versus a year or two too late. Ingram is just that guy, um, and is he hurt though? 
You think he's hurt? Is that is that something for him? I mean, it could be that. I, I tend to think it's more that he just just old. I think he's he's getting old. Has a lot of carries, and that's where New Orleans saw you know the writing on the wall there. And you know they were they were off by a year, but but not by much. So we move to the next game, the Philadelphia Eagles against the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns hung on to a twenty-two to seventeen victory over the Philadelphia Eagles. I watched this game. This game was on in my area. And God, the Eagles, the Eagles just look bad. Feels wrong to cover this one without Matt, but uh, I believe he would agree with that. Yeah, he dropped off for a second, so he should be returning soon. Um, The Eagles just looked, Carson Wentz looked Horrible. Well, and, and, and we all picked Cleveland just for that reason. You know, there isn't that much. And we did. Down. And 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 the thing is, is you think that, you know, they didn't have their top rusher, their top defensive rusher, Cleveland, didn't. Um, because did he have I think it was COVID. Have, I think it was COVID. And you go, okay, but everybody else contributed. And he's not the only guy on that on that Cleveland defensive line that's that's good. I mean, their defensive line is pretty good. Another guy who stepped up um, huge is the guy that's been very absent for them most of the year is Olivier Vernon. Right, and Vernon, didn't you guys have Vernon at one point? Oh, yeah, sure. was it? Yeah, he's a he's a he's a Hurricanes guy, and he's a Miami draft pick. And then he goes to the big splash was putting him. He went to uh, yeah. after he left. After he left Miami, went to the Giants. Yeah, and sorry, he, he fizzled there. The Giants fizzled out there, and now maybe he has a home in Cleveland where he's doing pretty decent. Um, I just, man, it's it's sad to see the Eagles look this way, um, but unfortunately, they they're bad, and they're a bad football team. And Carson Wentz has to get his head out of his butt, and. He just he has to play better, and they have to coach better, and they have to play better, not just from Carson Wentz's standpoint, but you know I saw Jason Peters he he needs to go, he just needs to retire. <laughs> He's just and it's and, and it's not his fault. They begged him to come back because they didn't have a choice. But hey, man, it's just one of those teams. We move to the next game, and this game right here is why I said a few weeks back that, you know, a coaching change doesn't mean anything because the New Orleans Saints beat the Atlanta Falcons 24-9. Taysom Hill, who, you know, you got the benefit of the double on your fantasy. And And for those who did not start Taysom Hill, you lost out on a lot of points because if you would have started him at tight end, he would have got he would have given you quarterback stats yeah. and tight and receiver stats at tight end. Yeah. And you can't do it anymore because now they are um, they're banishing. He's officially a quarterback in uh, ESPN fantasy now. <laughs> Much to my and and my 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 point that Raheem Morris just doesn't it, he. If if he's a good coach, 
he's not going to do it in Atlanta because the players are the same. Like, I've always – my thing is if you're going to change coaches, don't look for a miracle out of that coach to – Get the same players who are out of position the same because you're going to keep the same scheme. You can't, you can't get a brand new scheme in midseason. You have to keep the same putrid scheme that you no, have. What, what you're what you're hoping for when you make a coaching change is you're hoping for seeing one a coach that finds a way to utilize the players more effectively than the previous staff did. You're hoping to find a, a coach that shows more ability to create uh, a dynamic game plan um, and, and one that can sometimes be able to go ahead and change at halftime um, with that dynamic game plan. And that's, that's the kind of thing that bad but, coaches don't do and good coaches usually do. Um, and you can't see that without actually letting that person try. And I think you could say to be fair to Raheem Morris, I know you're, you're, you're not on that bandwagon, I think you could say to be fair to him, if you look at the way that they've played since they've been under him versus what they played before, they're playing better. There's, there's definitely improvement. There's definitely the ability to, to, to see some of the talent being utilized in the better ways. Yeah. It's, it's he's still got the same pieces to work with. So very rarely are you going to see a miracle happen from, from that kind of thing. But I think what you want to see if you're a staff is you want to see, is this coach showing enough that if we give him the keys and let him build the, the scheme that he wants, is there going to be enough there to, that makes sense to move forward? But I think with Raheem Morris, I think he's at least made that an argument. It's very rare that the guy takes over afterwards, and usually it doesn't work out. But, you know, you, you, you want to give it a shot. You know, I mean, Cleveland tried it. Didn't work. But you know, we move to the next game. This one was this one was a heart wrenching game, um, and it's it's ironic. It's ironic that it's like th- that. This game was this. It ended up this way because the Washington football team beat the the the, the Cincinnati Bengals twenty to nine, and you had a guy in Alex Smith who was just coming off a season uh, a serious injury where he broke his femur. Yep. And that leg, I mean, his injury is that injury is serious. And I mean, then they're saying, (laughs) I just saw a report before we started recording tonight there, you know, there's, there's some talk about shutting him down for 21 because usually it's about a 12 month injury. So, you know, if you, if you project that out, that means they wouldn't be healthy until, you know, somewhere between, you know, week eight to 10, you know, to 11 in next year's season, is there a point in putting him out there at that point, you know, rather than just let him, you know, rehab, let him get healthy the entire year. Um, you know, maybe if you feel like you're fully healthy, maybe you let him get out there just to, you know, just to get the reps and just to get, you know, the, you know, knock the rust off and whatnot. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that is a, that is a killer injury um, for him. And it's, it's, it's about as bad as it can be for that, you know, it's it's a torn ACL, it's a, a torn PCL. There's MCL damage. There's other ligament, you know, issues. It, it, it like every bad thing that it could be, it was. Um, and it, 
his his knees his knee just his knee was all the ligaments in his knee was just yep. it was ripped apart and 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 you know what it brings me back to the conversation we had a couple weeks ago remember we talked about all the throws how many times they're making him go back there drop back to pass and throw and throw and throw and i said it was good for him because he gets to see the defenses and the, all these things and it's not a good thing because now you potentially have lost your franchise quarterback for the next two years well, you know, because of all the dropbacks. J- jumping ahead to, you know, the Dolphins game, you know, it's, it's that kind of decision. It's, it's sometimes you've got to make the decision that, listen, it just doesn't make sense to keep this guy out there behind a line that's not getting the job done today. And, and the guy's just getting killed back there. You know, you, you've got to err on the side of, you know, listen, you're probably not being a Super Bowl team this year. That's certainly the case for Cincinnati and probably the case for Miami. Um, you know, that, that you've got to err on the side of this is our franchise for the future. We've got to protect that. Um, and, and unfortunately, that's not the way that Cincinnati did it. And, you know, certainly hindsight's twenty twenty, And I'm, I'm not saying that what they were doing was reckless by keeping them out there, but that's why that's why teams sometimes make the decisions they do, like what you know the Dolphins did with Fitzpatrick. Is you know they they said it just doesn't make sense to let this kid stay out here and get killed. There's no benefit happening here, and there's only a lot of detriment that could happen. Right. So let's jump to the Dolphins game. Uh, the Dolphins they had their six game. Is it six games? Six game winning streak snapped. This would have been game six. The- Five-game yeah, five winning streak. Yeah, this is, this is. Uh, the Denver Broncos beat the Miami Dolphins 20-13. And Tua was benched in the third quarter? No, it was third quarter, I right? think so. Second quarter? No, no, no. It was the, it was the fourth, I think. Fourth yeah. quarter? They managed to find a way to, uh, you know, to, to adjust from the first couple series – where the Dolphins were getting pressure on Locke, um, and he came in, you know, injured with a rib injury. So, you know, you thought you could get pressure on him and rattle him and, and you know, make that a hard thing for him. They, they did a good job of getting the ball out of his hands quick and get the run game going. We were missing our uh, best defensive lineman in Christian Wilkins with COVID. Um, so, you know, that that's a, that's a big difference, not only in what he brings to the table as a talent, which he's outstanding, um, but also he's, he is the heart of that defense. He is the guy that is the, the, the Ray Lewis on that team. Um, so, you know, it, it, it showed, it showed that, you know, they, they didn't have it there. Um, and then on the, on the offensive side, he's a rookie quarterback. He's going to have some bad games. They were throwing defenses at him that he, um, not that he was making bad decisions, just you could tell that it wasn't, uh, clean. It wasn't comfortable for him. Um, and, and the offensive line just was not playing well and he was getting hit a lot, even though, you know, he was taking some sacks, but even beyond the sacks, he was just under pressure constantly. Um, and you know, like I said, it's, you know, he's a rookie quarterback. That's going to happen. Um, I think the, the quote unquote benching of him is, is a lot of much ado about nothing. I think it was about the quarter, the, uh, the, the head coach saying he's not moving the offense at all. There's no benefit happening here right now. There's no off season. There was no preseason. There was no time 
for him to get these moments to learn from and then step away and come back to it. This was that. This was, okay, you've done some good things. Here's some mistakes. Learn from a veteran in front of you for, you know, what you can change up to get things done. You know, and he said as much in the, the post game as well. He said, you know, he, he felt like it was very beneficial. He knew he wasn't moving the offense, all of those kind of things. You know, there's no question he's still the starter. You know, it's not anything like that. Um, you know, I think even, even I just think that he scores the touchdown there. I don't have any question he's not the starter. I believe that we all picked the Dolphins for that game. Yeah, we all lost on that game. Yeah. We definitely picked the red, uh, the football team to win against the Bengals. I, I actually picked uh, that was my one of my lone wolves that I lost. The only one I lost. You picked that's right. You picked Cincinnati, which. They probably could have won yeah. if Burrow would have stayed in the game. They probably they could have. They may have won it, that it, game. It, it would have been interesting. But, yeah, that, that, that was my one lone wolf that I lost. So the next game, I I lone wolf on this one again. I did a lot of lone wolf <laughs> games. <laughs> but I ended up uh, – what did I end up? Two and three on my lone wolf games. That's not too bad. Um, and I could have – and and, and – in, in all my lone wolf games, I think I only – the biggest deficit was one touchdown. It was a touchdown or smaller in all the lone wolf games that I picked um, in the losses too, um, except for the Lions game. So uh, the Jets and the Chargers, the Chargers pulled out the 34-28 victory uh, in that game as soon as my okay. – Screen or pop. Can I give my favorite statistic for that game? Sure. At the beginning of the third quarter, so so after the first half, Justin Herbert had 277 yards passing. Joe Flacco had 33. And he ended up, Joey Flacco, went back to Joey Fluco. 15, 15 of 30 for 205 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. This is this was just a, a a game where it looked like it was going to be a runaway train, and then all of a sudden the Jets in the second half said we could play with this team, and they made it a game, and they just fell a little short. And I thought that the I thought that it was going to be a game like this, just the opposite, where the Jets could come in and score some points, and the Chargers just come out flat. Now Herbert. Is um, he, he's a dynamic quarterback. I just thought that this would have been the Jets' one win. Uh, apparently not. So we go to the next game that we picked. The Dallas Cowboys pulled out the 31 to 28 victory over the Minnesota Vikings. We all picked the Vikings to win. Yep, all off on that one. Um, they did on the Minnesota Vikings under Dalton. Not not a great offense, again. but they look like a real offense under Dalton. Well, we thought that if Dalton was was starting, that they were going to lose because of Dalton, and they almost did. It's just you know the defense actually looked a lot better than expected because we thought that you know with Minnesota and Thielen and Dalvin Cook that they were just going to blow the doors off of them. But their defense made some stops, some timely stops. They were flying around the football. 
Um, out here in Dallas, they said that, oh, well, they looked good. No, they didn't. They gave up 28 points. They also Kirk Cousins had, um, and, and not like Minnesota is any you know world beater dynamic of a team either. You know it's right, and it's trash. And, Minis- and 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 Kirk Cousins had a perfect passer rating going into, I want to say the third or fourth quarter. He was twenty two of thirty for three fourteen three touchdowns. That's not a good defense. You twenty two of thirty, I mean eight drop balls. Um, Dalvin Cook was, had 27 carries for 115 yards and a touchdown. Adam Thielen had eight receptions for 123 yards and two touchdowns. That's not that's not that's not playing really good defense. I mean, look, Thielen is great. Cook is Cook is dynamic. Kirk Cousins, though, I'm still the I'm still not sold on Kirk Cousins, and I, I don't think I ever will be. Can I tell you who Kirk Cousins I think, is? Ironically, Kirk Cousins is the new Andy Dalton. That's yep. honestly what I see. Yeah. He is he is just good enough that they're, you know, if you if there are great players around him and and, and everything just kind of breaks his way, he can have a game where he looks amazing and fantastic. And that's like Alex Smith. Yeah, very, very, very close, very similar in that, you know, from years ago. Um, yeah, you know that th- that was the same thing with Dalton. You know, when he had when he had dynamic wide receivers and a great running game around him, you know, you'd say, "Wow, this kid, maybe he he really can be a guy that can lead him to the playoffs and do something." That that's who Kirk Cousins is. Um, and and honestly, then the other half of that equation for Minnesota this year, like we say, you know, that they're not a very good team this year either. They're running on on really Dalvin Cook only because um, that defense is is not anything special at all. Uh, no, you know, so I mean, they're you know that it, that that game I wouldn't say was as close as it looked, but at the same time, it was just two bad football teams being bad football teams against each other. We move forward. This is another lone wolf game that I picked. <laughs> I got this one right. Um, the Green Bay Packers fell to the Indianapolis Colts, thirty-four to thirty-one. This is just a. This is just one of those classic. Philip Rivers um, still got it moments, but I don't know how many he has left moments. Um, the Indianapolis Colts, Colts um, did on defense, you know, did what they needed to do when they needed to do it. Um, Green Bay is not a, a slouch, and they're not a they're not a pushover team. Um, but what they did was they ended up holding Green Bay to three points in the second half. Um, they did. They definitely made the adjustments they needed to make with Aaron Rodgers in the second half, and he just couldn't score. He just they. I mean, they just couldn't score. Yeah, it was all but the adjustments that were made, and it just didn't uh, didn't break the way for Aaron Rodgers that time. So we move to the next game. Um, this is my next lone wolf game. Uh, and, and, and I have one comment to make on this and then we can move, um, the Kansas city chiefs went into Vegas and beat the Raiders 35 to 31. And the thing I have to say about that is this, that the Raiders are, they can beat the Kansas city chiefs if they play the third time. 
it's just something about that team that I say that's probably the only team that if you get them best out of seven with Kansas City, I think that the Raiders will come out on top four games to three. It'd be a seven-game series, but I think they could beat them four games out of seven. I think Las Vegas was put together with one goal in mind, and that goal was being able to beat Kansas City. Um, you know, I think that that's the way that, you know, Mayock and Gruden kind of envisioned um, what it is. They know that it's Kansas City's division, and they said we're going to, you know, do everything we can to dethrone that. Um, and, and they put together a good team because of that. Um, but, yeah. you know, Kansas City, I think, is still a little bit superior. They match up really well. Um, you know, it's kind of a quintessential division game. I think if they played 10 times in a row, it would probably be about five and five. Yeah, I just I just thought that Vegas had the formula to beat Kansas City, and they did. Um, they frustrated Mahomes the whole game. But in the end, you give Mahomes the ball with those receivers and on a game-winning drive, and you don't bet against Mahomes with that. Yep. You just don't. And he, again, he showed up, and that's why they won. Last game. This was a biggie. Tampa Bay and the Rams. And you picked the Rams. You were the lone wolf on the Rams. Me and Matt, we picked uh, the Buccaneers. Rams beat the Buccaneers 27-24. My thing in this game was they didn't run the ball enough, number one. Number two, um, they, the Rams did exactly what you said they were going to do. They they got after Tom Brady up the middle. Yep. They, they took him off his spot. Yep. Um, but they didn't have an answer for Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup, Tampa didn't. Tampa, Tampa Bay's defense was considered an elite defense, and not by me. And Cooper Cup had a hundred over a hundred yards before the halftime. Yep. And they couldn't tackle him. They couldn't stay with him. There were routes that I saw him run and the corner just was, they just, he wasn't even in the same area code. I'll tell, you what, I see. I'll tell you what I see about Tampa Bay's defense. They are a, a boomer bus defense and yes. they are, and they are a play from in front defense. If they have to stop a running game, if they have to deal with being able to, to stop a guy who can, you know, be dynamic with the ball in his hands you know, after the catch and, and that kind of thing, that, that's they're not set up for that. They're, they're set up that if they're playing with a lead, they can pin their ears back and get major pass rush out of their front four. Um, they've got good line play. Uh, I'm sorry, linebackers, you know, to, to play. Um, not great. Um, and then they've got a, a middle-of-the-road secondary. Um, so when it, you know, when you get a team – like what they put together with the Rams where they get the ball into the hands of dynamic playmakers that can move the ball after the catch. I, I don't know what the numbers are, but I'd be willing to bet you the average yard per reception, not counting the yards after catch is probably not that great in that game. Cause 
just watching the game, I can tell you, I watched Cooper Cup. I watched Woods. You know, I watched, you know, Jefferson. I watched those guys catch it and then move with the ball in their hands. Not Cooper catching, is Cooper. You know, deep balls for 65 yards and stuff like that. But that's, but that's, but those, but that's their, their specialty. Mm-hmm. Like he's top, both of them are top five in run after the catch. Of course. Uh, I believe the past two years. So I don't think it was necessarily the, the defense that got him tripped up. I just watched Tom Brady look bad. Well, that's Brady's been Brady's been his last year self of being very inconsistent. Um, you know, makes mistakes that are not Tom Brady like, but he does them a lot um, this year and this past year as well. Is is you know you're just not seeing that same consistent elite level play. Um, and there's a very specific blueprint um, for how to make him make mistakes this past year and this year. Um, and, and that's, that's why I picked the Rams for, for that reason. And, 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 you know, just to the point of what you're saying about, you know, that, that's, that's, that's how good they are. Like, you know, just watching like the dolphins versus that team, what I saw the dolphins defense do was man up on those two guys, because you have two great lockdown corners and build it all around the pressure that you get to get Goff uncomfortable with free blitzers and that kind of thing. And you, you use that against him because he's looking for that quick hot route. And if you can anticipate where that hot route is going to be, and that's through scheme and through, you know, through, through the design, um, you can make him make a mistake. You know, and that's, that's what the Dolphins are able to do to him. That's what Tampa Bay can't do to him or, or couldn't do to him because they were not able to get the pressure through blitzing. And when they did blitz, they would get, openings for those guys and they don't have the corners to match up to say, you know, we're going to be able to stop this guy one-on-one. So if he catches it, he's not going to be able to run all day long. All right. So we're going to move to the next segment. This segment we're in, we're going into week number 12. And at this point we should be looking at which teams are actually going to Get into the playoffs. Which team is going, which team out of which division is actually going to win the division? And which teams are going to fade? So that's how we're going to take this segment. We're going to take it um, uh, division by division. We'll start off in the the AFC East. Right now, it's a two-horse race where the Bills and the Dolphins, the Bills are one game up on the Dolphins. They haven't met yet. I say... Man, I... I say that the Bills fade. And I think that the Dolphins can win this division. I well, think I, the Dolphins win the division. Dolphins can win the division. I've said it for a very long time. I think the division comes down to Week 17. And right now, I would say that week 17 game is absolutely a pick 'em. Like it's it's going to come down to who's healthy, who's hot, you know, all those kind of things. And then, of course, if there is a week 17, because the way the league is going right now, we we could be looking at that uh, nuclear option for the expanded playoffs and all that nonsense. Um, so you know, I, those have a tough schedule remaining. They've got the Chargers this week, and that's they should. 
they should do okay with the, against the Chargers. They, they could have. I mean, I, I think that's going to be a very close game, and that game would do a lot to tell who is superior or not. Um, then they get the 49ers. That's a win. But it is at 49ers, and it is the uh, Sunday, Monday night game. Um, so, you know, you never know. Um, but they're probably going to win that. Then the following week, they have the Steelers at home, um, and that's the Sunday night game. Yeah. Um, that you know, that's probably a loss. I mean, that's it's it's my only hope for Steelers to get a loss, probably. Um, but um, but I, 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 you know, right now, if you put a gun to my head and said pick it, I would pick the Steelers over the Bills. So that would put um, them at nine and four. You know, so that yeah, so, and and then they've got at Denver, um, and then at Ten- Patriots, and then home for the Dolphins. So you know, they they probably win out of the remaining one, two, three, four, five, six games, you probably go four and two. Mm, I think they beat the Chargers. So I'll put them at eight and three. The Bills run defense is trash. So, and their defense is their weak link. And what Kyle Shanahan can do with that 49ers team, even though they're all banged up and bruised up. Well, they're, they're getting healthy. So, you know, that, that's, I, that, that's I honestly, I honestly think that they lose to the 49ers. They drop to the Steelers. So that puts them at seven and five. Mm-hmm. They beat the Broncos, making them eight and five. Well, that would be nine and five at that point. Yeah. Nine and five. I think they split with the Patriots. And they split with the Dolphins. Which would have them at? Uh, nine and seven. Not, yeah, nine and seven. Because I don't, because I don't, I honestly don't think that the Bills with their defense the way it's playing, I don't think that they have what it takes. And I think that Allen is going to have a nervous breakdown game. And I think that nervous breakdown game is going to come against the 49ers. That's the every, you know, that, that the, the, the Dolphins had that Denver Broncos. That's the game. They're going to look back at that game. If they miss out and say, that's the game that we should have won. Oh, it could definitely but, be the case. That without and, the- I, and I say that Bills, the, the game that they look back on is going to be the Niners game. And, and it might come down to that. You know, and then the Dolphins' remaining schedule, you know, they've got the Jets, the Bengals. Those are wins, probably. You know, I I'm, I'm feel confident in both of those things. Um, then you've got the Chiefs. That's probably a loss. Although at that right. point, who knows the Chiefs? necessarily have to play they probably do um then the patriots i think they win because i think they'll split with the patriots um and then at the raiders could be a loss there that's you know tough to go on the road at the raiders second to last week of the year um and then close out the year at the bills so So you're looking at six seven against the jets eight against the the bengals Mm -hmm. nine against the Dolphins, I mean, the Patriots mm-hmm. at nine and seven, coming into nine and seven at the Bills 
and that could be that could be where they wrap it up. Yep, that's um, what I'm saying. I, I think it's going to come down, and then the other part of that that gets interesting is I could see both teams finishing at nine and seven, and then it comes down to division and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to come down to where they get the wins and, and who they get the wins against. So right. But eh, I, I think it ultimately comes down to that. Um, just before we move forward, are we getting Matt back? Or I've been trying to get him back, and okay. he hasn't come back. So we're going to keep going. Gotcha. All right, so we're going to AFC West. I mean, it's going to be the Chiefs. I don't see them – when I look at their schedule, they play the Buccaneers this week. They play the Broncos the Dolphins, the, the Saints, the Falcons, and the Chargers. Now, where it gets really dicey is they could drop two more, but it doesn't really matter because the Raiders yeah. are already six and four. Right. So even when if they drop two when, more, when they play the matter. Dolphins, that's why I was saying, like, when they play the Dolphins, they might not be playing for anything with the exception of the fact that this year has that you know, only one team can get the top spot. So, you know, if if they're playing for now at the same time, if, if the Steelers have basically got it wrapped up, then, you know, they might not have, you know, anything to be looking at at that point. So, But I think that they're going to have to play all the way out because when you look too. at when you look at the AFC North and the Steelers schedule coming up, it's nobody they got, except the Bills. They got the Ravens. Right. The they, got the Ravens this, they got the Ravens Thursday this week. And it's it's in Pittsburgh and Maybe. the Ravens' entire team Maybe. is on COVID. Maybe they play. Maybe. Well, I mean, right now they're playing. But I don't I can't believe they'll cancel a Thanksgiving game. But who knows? The, the Bills, the Colts, and the Browns. Remember, they still have to play the Browns, and wherever the Browns are at that point, that could be a really, that could be a really yeah, I mean, wonky you, you game. Know, the Browns could could pull, you know, an upset, and that they're they're playing. That's you know, that's going to be their Super Bowl, as it you know has been for years past with the Dolphins and the Patriots and things like that. But at the same time, the Steelers are are big brother. You know that they, I have no faith in the Browns to be able to get over that hump. And the Colts. So, where do you see them losing somewhere in here? The Steelers. The the only chance is Baltimore and Buffalo. That's the only chance. Not the Indy, Colts. Indy's got a shot, but it's I. I think Indy is a little bit of a paper tiger. I think you know they're 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 a little bit of a mirage. I mean, they, Rivers is playing better now, so I'll give him credit there, but. I, I ultimately think that the Colts are, are not I, – I just can't see the Colts beating the Steelers. I just can't – like, I can't see the pieces that they have being able to match up on offense. I can't see the pieces they have on offense being able to move the ball against that defense. You know, like, just all of those things. I just don't see it happening. Indy is one of those teams that just finds a way. They've got a great coaching staff, and they've got, you know, enough talent that they can, you know, stay stay frisky in games. They can stay around. You never know. but. Yeah, I mean that's where I'm. I'm sweating right now as the. <laughs> I only see two games that are possibles, but you know, who knows? And 
so since we're on the Colts, oof. And the Colts schedule, the, the Colts schedule coming up is really, it's tough. I, I yep. can't. I, they have the Titans Sunday. That could be a loss. The Texans, the Raiders. Be, but you never know. Raiders could definitely be a the, loss. They got the Texans twice. They have the Raiders, the Colts, and the Jags. So basically, they have their division to play with yep. the Steelers smacked in the middle. Yep. And and the Raiders, which you know is uh, and the Raiders you know, probably probably two of the top three teams in the league right now. And I can see them dropping one to the Texans, one to the Raiders, mm-hmm. one to the Steelers. They might sweep the Texans. They're definitely a better team, but it's a division game. It's a tough thing to sweep a division team, especially in almost back to back weeks. So right now they are seven and three. Let's say they sweep the Texans. And they drop the Raiders in and the Steelers. To Steelers, they go eleven and five, which means the Colts. I mean the Titans have, of course, they have the Colts left. Mm-hmm. The yeah, Browns, the Jags, easier. the Lions, the Packers, and the Texans. I could see them dropping one maybe to the Packers. Yeah, they, they could lose to the Packers. They could lose to the Browns. It's unlikely either one, to be honest, but they could. I see them at 12-4. and four. Yeah, I think the Colts' entire season, if they want any chance at winning the division, they have to win this week with Tennessee, and I don't see it happening. So that's the AFC. Let's go over to the NFC. God, I don't even want to do this one. We'll go. We'll start at the NFC West. We, I was gonna say, are we just skipping the AFC West. Did we do the West? Not really. We just talked about Kansas City being good. Well, we know that Kansas City is going to win a division. All right, just making sure. Who do you think is going to end at the bottom of it? Broncos or Chargers? Ooh. I, I think I think the Broncos. The, the Broncos probably end up at the bottom because Drew Locke. Yeah, I agree. Jets will be in the east. Broncos will be in the in the west. Yep. Bengals in the north. Jags Jack in the south. Yep. I don't see them. I don't, yeah. So next up, we have the NFC. And, oh, man, the first. I'm not doing that division yet. We'll, we'll wait till last on that division. That's not even a division. So we'll go with the <laughs> NFC west. I don't know what it is. You know, you you get the the JV, the the NFC JV. I guess that's what we'll call it. That's that's how it works. God, they're just – God, I'm looking at these records like, who is playing in this division? No one. We're going to start with the West. This one is going to be kind of – this one is hard because you have the 7-3 Rams, the 7-3 Seahawks, the 6-4 – Cardinals and the four and six 49ers, which a couple a couple wins by the 49ers, it could flip. So let's look at the Rams since they're at the top right now. Yeah. Because they beat the Seahawks already. Yeah. Let's assume they beat the Niners. Yep. Then they go at Cardinals. Yep. I would say for argument's sake, let's say they split with the Cardinals because they got them both left. Then they go Patriots. I, I think they can win against the Patriots. 
Yeah. Oh, that wouldn't shock me to see the Patriots pull one out there. And they got the Jets. That's a win. Yeah. They have the Seahawks, which they got the win against the Seahawks already. I don't think you'll get it twice. So I'll say that's a split. And then the Cardinals to end the year. So you go. There's eight, seven, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10 and 4. 10 and 6? Yeah. Yeah. Right split. There. 10 and that's 6? With the split, that's, that's where we see it being. So that's 10 and 6 with the Rams. And then we'll break down the Seahawks, who are also 7 and 3. Yep. And they uh, have. That's a win. That's a win. Probably a win. Jets win. So that puts them at 10 and 3. Oh, because they yeah. have to play the they have to do the yeah. NFC East and they do it at the right time. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> Let's say they lose to the Rams. Well, no, no that would have the Rams no. sweeping them. So no, they they beat the Rams so that they don't get the sweep. So that's another four in a row. That puts them at eleven. And 12. then they close the year to forty ers Yeah, the twelve. Yeah. 13, 13 and three. Yeah. So they, it looks like they could win out. With the remaining schedule, they could Which, easily you know, win out. I don't know if they're going to win out because, to me, they're going to drop one in there somewhere. They're just they're they're a flawed enough team on defense that they could drop one of those, probably to the Giants. If I had to pick one of those teams, yeah, could I could see that. I could see yeah, that. They, I could they, see they, that. They got, got a scrappy enough defense, and they've got a good enough offense to be able to you know match points. So twelve um, and four, ten and six. But I think that's still going to be enough to win. I think it's still gonna have to win the division. The pack is next, and who do they have coming up? Okay, so they have the Bears, the Eagles, the Lions, the Panthers, the Titans, and the Bears again. And right now, and right now, they sit at seven and three. Seven and three. It's a lot of wins. Yeah, Packers are, are you know they're they're going to walk away with that division easily. They're going to beat the Bears. They're going to smoke the Eagles and the Lions. The Panthers will be tough. Not according to Aaron, but <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Panthers will be tough. Panthers will be a tough game, but but they're still going to be in fine enough shape. I think they they'll go uh, twelve and four. I think, Honestly, I think for Green Bay, that what, what's, what's really good for Green Bay and for New Orleans is that because the West is going to beat each other up so much, I think, like I say, I think three teams come out of it, but none of those three teams are going to end up with the top seed. The top seed is going to go to New Orleans or Green Bay. Well. Yeah. Seattle, you said, could win out. Seattle, I actually have a 12. But, again, I just don't see a lot of losses for Green Bay. I don't think they're Maybe that good the a team. Ti- the, only, the only team I can see them losing to is the Titans, because I think that Derrick Henry right. is going to run all, all up. And, which, would have them at, which would have them at 12-4 and four also and would sweeps over their division. And they would have a better conference record. Right. Like I said, they'd, they'd be sweeping the division, essentially. 
So that would give them the top seed. Kind of same thing for New Orleans. And it would, but see, if if they if New Orleans ends up twelve and four, well, they could end up better than that though. The Packers would be number one seed because if they tied with the Packers, they get the tiebreaker because they beat the Saints. The Bucks hold the tiebreaker over the Pack though. Saints are eight and two in the driver's seat. They have the Broncos, the the Falcons, the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Vikings, and the Panthers. I only see them losing one game. Yeah, I could see them losing the game to the Falcons maybe just because of the division thing with the split. They're going to beat the Broncos. They're going to beat the Eagles. You know, the Broncos are, are iffy a little bit. I could see the Broncos pulling something out because, like we talked about, Fangio does have a good defense. Yeah. Um, and, and you're going to be going against, you know, Taysom Hill, um, this week. So, you know, there's a chance, but I would, uh, I'd still bet on the saints in that one. Um, you know, they could lose the chiefs. They could lose the Panthers in the last week, but even if they do, I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference. 13 and three. It's probably where I have them at 12 and four, 13 and three. And then you have the Bucks at seven and four. And they've got a good schedule, except for the fact they got the Chiefs this week. So they get a loss against the Chiefs. Eleven and five, because they're seven and four right now. I see them at eleven and five. And again, I don't know that they necessarily sweep the Falcons, but you know, yeah, right around there. Eleven and five, not ten and six, and, and certainly not enough to to you know make a difference. Yeah, to, to drop far if they're going to miss out on the playoffs. I don't think so. So are the so we're looking at the Falcons at the bottom of that division. Yep, Falcons maybe at the, the Panthers, but it's probably going to be the Falcons. Going to be the Falcons. Saints and Bucks make it in, and now we go to. Oh man, I don't want to do this, but this is it. This will be this. You know what? I do because this will be intriguing. So let's go with the NFC East. The Eagles are three six and one. They have the C. The Eagles probably by far have one of the toughest schedules because yep. in this division, um, they struggle in their division right now. Everybody's struggling against each other in the NFC East. So they have the Seahawks, the Packers, the Saints, the Cardinals, the Cowboys, and the and the football team. Hmm. I don't know if I see a win. I don't see a win. Maybe the Cowboys or or, or Washington, but that's that's a, that's a pick 'em. That's just up in the air. And then you know, like that's why I've I've had the Giants picked. I, I said whoever wins that game last week, that's going to win the division, and I I still think that's the case because the Giants' remaining schedule you've got. Bengals, now that's winnable. Seahawks, we talked about they could get feisty in that one. Cardinals, probably a loss. Browns, could be a loss. I don't see them. Maybe a win. I don't see them losing against the Browns. It's, it, that's a 50 50. Um, and then they got the Ravens, it's probably a loss. And they close with the Cowboys, which they could definitely win that. Um, you know, doesn't matter. They're going to win the division with that, but it, it, it couldn't matter less. Um, 
Now, I do think that of all the teams in the NFC least, I said this before, if any team was to make the playoffs from that division that I thought has a chance at beating another team in the playoffs, it's the Giants. Yep. They're about the only team I really give that to. Yeah. Yeah. I almost gave it to Washington, but their quarterback play is just. Yeah. Yeah. Their defense is, is real, but that's, that's about it. And, and Dallas should be, and they're just not. And the, and the football team has the Cowboys, the Steelers, the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Panthers, and the Eagles. Man, I see them dropping to the Seahawks, the Steelers, 49ers, and the Panthers. I mean, Dallas has got Washington this week for the Thanksgiving game. So because it's the Thanksgiving game, I'll give Dallas a better than normal chance. Um, then they go Ravens, that's a loss. Bengals, that's a win. 49ers, that might be a loss to Sunday night game. And then Eagles and Giants, and I think they could lose. You know, those are both pickup games. I'd probably take uh, the Cowboys versus the Eagles and the Giants versus the Cowboys. So I think the bottom of the division is going to be the Eagles. I think the top of the division is going to be the Giants, and I think it couldn't matter less. All right. We'll see how it shakes out, and we'll see what our predictions look like. So let's move on to the games of the week for week number 12. I'm just pulling these games up for week number 12. I got them here. I got them. I got them. I got them. I just didn't click on the right ones. All right. So you're right. You're getting these down now, right? Because you won last week. Yep. And we need to keep track of these for this week. Ravens. Baltimore. Ravens and Steelers. the only game worth watching. I'm going (laughs) with the Steelers. They're just – man, the Baltimore Ravens are just too beat up. Lamar Jackson yep, I'm, can't. I'm, I'm hoping they can pull it out, and I'm hoping they can, you know, make it interesting. The Steelers, but the Steelers they're, they're... are Lamar Jackson's kryptonite. And and half the team is on the COVID list for Baltimore, so it's just you know it's a bad bad deal. Chargers and Bills. I'm going with the Bills on this one. I'm actually going to go too. with the Bills. Titans and Colts. I'm going Titans. Titans and Colts. I'm going with the Titans as well. Panthers and Vikings. Um, I got Minnesota. Oh, man. I don't feel good about it. <laughs> I'm going with the Panthers on this one. I'm mostly just going with Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I know, but uh. I think Carolina actually is the better team, but I, I honestly, I just I think Minnesota's going to probably win it at home, and Dalvin Cook, they just won't have an answer for that. Next game, Browns and Jag and the Jags. I'm going with the Browns. Browns and the Jags. I got the Browns. Giants and Bengals. I got the Giants. No Burrow. No life. 
No more wins yep. for the Bengals. Same here. Cardinals and Patriots. Uh, I'm go- man. I'm I'm man. I can't believe I've been betting against my team so much, but I'm going to go Cardinals. I'm going to go Cardinals. Me too. I think they don't have an answer for Kyler Murray. I think that they've struggled with running quarterbacks all year, and. Uh, the the only caveat to that is if Kyler Murray doesn't play for some reason with the you know dinged up shoulder that they are saying is not much of a big deal, I would change my pick there. But I'm I'm going with Arizona. All right, next game, Dolphins and Jets. I think Tua bounces back a little bit. He may not be spectacular, but I think he bounces back. I'm going Dolphins. Yeah, Jets are just a dumpster fire. Raiders and Falcons. I'm going with Gruden. And the Raiders? Uh, yeah, over Falcons. Same here. Saints and Broncos, even though they have Taysom Hill. Uh, I'm going to go I'm going to go Saints. Easy. Same here. Rams and 49ers. I'm actually going to go Rams. Me too. I was teetering on 49ers but I'm going to do Rams Buccaneers at the or Chiefs at the Buccaneers Chiefs all day You want to believe in Brady but you can't I can't I got to go Chiefs Bears and Packers I got Pack. Packers, Seahawks, and Eagles. I'm going Seahawks. So we are 100% in agreement across the board, except for Carolina and Minnesota. Yeah, I just think that Carolina. Like I say, I agree with you. They're actually the better team. I just don't know that they. I can see them stopping. Now, Thielen's out. So, you know, that's that's a big hit. You know what? I'm actually going to switch. So we're the same across the board. I forgot. Thielen's actually out in the game. I forgot about that. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I picked them is because yeah, I I just think that Matt Rule has this team believing in him. And Minnesota is Kirk Cousins. I think they're very contingent on on Thielen playing as well as he does. Kirk Cousins is, is Kirk Cousins. And I don't see it. I just don't see the it. only thing is, remember, this is also PJ Walker. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Right? I mean, this is, it's such a hard game. I'm still I'm still uh, going. I'm still going to Carolina. I'm still gonna go Carolina because I just don't think that Minnesota on the defensive end has they just have it. I don't think they have it. So I I agree, and I'm I'm mostly just siding with the fact that I think that Rule is a better coach, so I think he'll find a way to eke out a win. Yep. So those are the picks that we have for week number twelve. Um, and that we'll try and get match picks unofficially, but added to our official total, so that you know we can yep. keep track. Uh, he'll do an uh, an off the air pick. And on that note, this concludes our show for this week. Um, And 
again, tune in next week when we uh, dive into week number 12. We go over these picks. Uh, we're going to look at the standings again and see how our, our weekly picks for who's going to win the division is going to shape up. And for me and Ben and also Matt, who dropped off earlier, we will talk to we will we will be speaking to you or speaking at you next week. Happy Turkey Day, everyone. Happy Turkey Day. I want to thank everyone for joining us on the Pigskin Pandemic Podcast. We are available now on Anchor, Apple, and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you usually find your favorite podcasts. Please tell your friends, leave us any comments you have about the show, and a five-star rating would be great. You can also find us now on our Facebook page. I want to thank you all for listening, and remember, please wear a mask and stay safe out there.